I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. He leaves away. Australia away. Sit back and enjoy the stroke play of Meg Lanning. This is excellent batting by Ash Gardner. Jonathan strikes again. She's on a hat-trick. She comes at Molyneux. Catch is taken by Perry. The Australian women's cricket team win their fifth 20 World Cup title in front of a magical crowd at the MCG. Hello and welcome to the Scoop. We are the cricket podcast dedicated to the women's game. I'm Emily Collin. And I'm Laura Jolly. And joining us on the show today is Jess Jonathan, who seems to be a woman of the hour. JJ is a little bit everywhere at the moment, which we absolutely love because, as we say, she is one of the Scoop favourites. Um, but before we get to JJ, LJ, you're in South Africa, so want to hear all about how you've settled in so far. We've had a practice match against India yesterday. Um, give us give us the whole rundown on, on what's been happening so far in the week or so that you've been there and, yeah, the practice match yesterday. Yeah, it's hard to believe that um, we've almost been here for a week. It's, it's gone really quickly, but um, team settling in nicely. They've had a chance to go up Table Mountain, check out the really awesome views up there. Most, uh, most of us took the cable car up, which was hairy enough in itself, particularly for those with a fear of heights. But um, <laughs> a few brave souls, including Mega and Moons, walked up which um, pretty unsurprising. Really going. <laughs> it's, uh, it's pretty relentless from what they said, but unsurprising that, that those two did it with ease. After that was straight into training, had a couple of sessions in Stellenbosch and Newlands, and then that, that warm-up yesterday against India. Nice. Um, and so, yeah, as we will hear from JJ a bit later on, it looked like it was a bit of a tough wicket to bat on. So when you were watching the Aussies bat, were you sort of a bit shocked with how it was all panning out? Yeah, I think um, quickly figured out that it was pretty tough going on that. That mm. deck. Uh, Shika Pandy bowled really well front up and got Meg and T Mac out. And then the uh, really unfortunate run out with Pez via a direct hit kind of left Australia three for 10. And mm. no one really got going until um, Wolf just came out and hit those, those three sixes and, and she had that really good partnership with JJ. And to be honest, once they got to 130, you almost felt like it would probably be enough based on how hard it looked out there. And um, yeah, Australia then bowled really well. And came away with a comprehensive win, but I would say that it was a pretty worn looking wicket. I don't yeah. know if it was one that was left over from the SA20, um, the other stuff they've been hosting at that ground. The one for Friday, the weekend's matches was covered up. Hopefully okay. a much newer, fresher deck. Cause I think there were a few people floating around that were a little concerned that that might be the sort of thing that's being dished up for the tournament, which mm. Brown said, everyone calls it a poor wicket, but it's only a poor wicket for the batters. It's a great <laughs> wicket for the bowlers. Well said Darcy. <laughs> she was loving it. But um, I think for the tournament's sake, it, it would be good to have something that's um, yeah conducive to 
entertaining T20 cricket. Definitely. And did it look like, like with Darcy, did it look like she was bowling well and looking pretty threatening yesterday? Came away with four wickets. Yeah, fair bit of pace. Um, yeah. And, yeah, I think for for conditions that were really suiting, you know, a bit of extra turn and, and was, mm. you know, slow, you, it was hard to get any pace off the wicket. It was um, she bowled really well. Her extra speed was probably what you needed in those conditions. Um, and interestingly, Australia didn't bowl much spin. Yeah. So, yeah. They did that without using Wolf or, or Alana King. So I think both teams may be being a little bit, uh, keeping a few cards up their sleeves, yeah, yeah. knowing there's a good chance they might meet in the finals. Yeah, yeah, makes makes plenty of sense. And so, like, how how have the Aussies looked in the nets? Is it, the session's been pretty intense? And any clues on who we might see lining up in the 11 for that first game? Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, I think the big decisions will be around that bowling attack, exactly who makes it. I wouldn't expect too many changes from the, the best 11 that was being played against. Against Pakistan. Probably the main question is who makes way for Midge coming back in. Yeah. Whether that might be Annabelle Sutherland or um, one of the other bowlers probably comes down to the conditions a bit. Um, so that's the big call to be made. But then, you know, we'll put a hand up with the bat yesterday and if a few other people get a bowl tomorrow, that could create a few questions too. The good thing is Midge is looking like she'll play the second warm-up against Ireland. She kept against India. So I'd say she is on track to, to actually come back and play against New Zealand, which is yeah. very exciting. Has she been batting in the nets? Yeah, she has been. Um, okay. She had a good hit out with Moons. She did plenty of keeping. I think the one thing holding her back is the running between the wickets, which is why I think keeping is is all right because she doesn't have to run or change direction a heap. The running the quick twos was maybe the one thing she wasn't quite there for mm. looking at the first session they had earlier in the week. So that might yeah. be what she's going to test out tomorrow against Ireland. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so the big another big warm-up against Ireland. I wonder how Kim Garth is feeling coming up against a few former teammates of hers. Yeah, um, it'll be interesting to see if she gets a go with the ball. These warm-ups can be a bit loose with how many players you can use. So yeah. every chance she'll get a, bowl, a chance to bowl her old teammates and um, I'm sure there'll be a bit of banter out there. And do you reckon, like, how do you reckon the Aussies are going to approach this, the second warm-up against Ireland? It's on a, a different pitch, right? Maybe a bit more of a high-scoring affair? Yeah, if it's anything like the one between England and South Africa, it could be really high-scoring. Um, yeah. England made seven for 246 and that South Africa made nine lot. for two. 29 in reply so um oh my goodness couldn't be more different in terms of conditions yeah. and goal line from the Australia and India game really so that could be uh very interesting if that is the same pitch that Australia are using tomorrow that sounds um, like it is not a good pitch to be a bowler on <laughs> no uh we yeah when we told Darcy about the England score line <laughs> she, um, <A> bit flat <laughs> <laughs> a little concerned. <laughs> that will yeah. be interesting. And, um, yeah, I think they'll just hopefully look to get another really good hit out into the batters, particularly if the conditions are different to, to what they saw yesterday and maybe try a few different bowling options to the ones they brought out against India. Oh, very good, very good. Oh, well, it's all getting very close. So reminder to you fans, time zone isn't the friendliest. First T20 game of this World Cup is on Sunday morning at 4 a.m. You will be able to watch it uh, live on Foxtel and free on KO. And, of course, you will be able to watch um, highlights, scores and everything that LJ is seeing on the CA Live app and cricket.com.au, of course. Um, but for now, we'll let you get back to listening to a great chat with Jess Jonathan, who is up and about in Cape Town. 
Jess Jonathan, an absolute favourite of the scoop. Thank you so much for joining us from South Africa. Uh, JJ, we hope you've settled in well to South Africa. We can't wait to hear all about it. But firstly, tell us how the trip over was. We know there was a pretty quick turnaround for you from going straight from the awards uh, and a long flight to South Africa. So tell us how the journey was. Yeah, it was um, It was a pretty long journey. But in saying that, I think most people sort of um, managed to get some good hours of sleep on the way over, which was good. Um I somehow managed about six hours, which I wasn't expecting. But, uh, nice. yeah, I think poor, poor Kingy was the only one that didn't really sleep and she was suffering for it. But, um, yeah, it was sort of – it was over? quite a long – no, yeah, no, I, I don't think so. Um, it, we sort of had like – obviously, yeah, we had the Australian Cricket Awards, but then we didn't fly out until the following evening. So we were trying to kill time um, mm. sort of all through that next day and there was a lot of – Aimless wandering around, a lot of time in cafes and coffee shops. But, um, yeah, it was nice to, to get over here. Uh, we sort of got over, landed about 4.30 in the afternoon and about an hour bus trip from there to the hotel. So by the time we got to the hotel, it was time for dinner um, and then people pretty much went to bed and there were a few early get-ups the next day. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, every, everyone's all sort of settled in now. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, I randomly went to a shark exhibition at a museum to try and kill time before that flight. <laughs> So random of you, <laughs> It's very random. I thought you'd have your days filled up with media commitments, LJ. <laughs> no, just, just wandering museums, looking at sharks. <laughs> uh, but before we get on to the World Cup stuff, um, we reckon you might have helped launch Mabel's career as a media megastar. Um, what were your reflections on meeting Mabel and what does it mean that she's such a huge fan of yours? Yeah, she's a genuine superstar. I was fortunate <laughs> enough to meet her at a player appearance with Manus and Uzi a few months prior and, she was the best on ground for, for that appearance as well. It was sort of some cricket blast promotion and, and whatnot. And yeah, so I, I was lucky that I, I'd met her already. And when I was told that she was going to be there that night and I was going to be walking the carpet with her, uh, I had in my head, I was like, oh, I really hope it's it's this girl from, from that, that appearance. And, and it was, and I was, so, I was actually so happy. She made my night. Um, she was yeah she's a genuine rock star it, it just makes yeah I don't know it, it, it's a real feel-good moment when you've got somebody that that looks up to you and sort of yeah sort of is, is such a massive fan and she's so so polite so charismatic yeah. and yeah a, a genuine genuine career for her she, she's got a really bright future so I'm really fortunate to be a small part of it oh yeah watch out world Mabel Mabel is coming and JJ I guess in a kind of funny way does it make you reflect how far the games come that there's a young nine-year-old who has grown up all, like watching the likes of Manus and Uzi, but also you and your team. And she has you as your favorite, as her favorite player. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Like uh, I sort of, I think about it quite regularly that when I came through, I didn't play Woolworths cricket blasts. I didn't have, have a go or come and try stuff. I, yeah, I just sort of played the game because I watched it on TV, watched the men's test teams and, and whatnot. That was just sort of what you, did in summer you watch cricket and I look at the opportunities that sort of that young girls have these days particularly in the genuine pathway for that and yeah it's sort of to to be a part of sort of that trailblazing sort of era I guess to to go towards full fully professional um, women's teams it's yeah it's, it's still pretty surreal but but something that yeah it's sort of looking back on and seeing the media exposure of our game and yeah how many girls in our team I guess are now sort of genuine household names it's not the few and far between or only three people are sort of 
someone's favourite player. It's like Grace Harris is someone's favourite player. Alana King is someone else's. So it's like it's really cool to see. It's really nice to be a part of. And um, we can see in the background... Stellenbosch and, and how awesome it is. This is um, your first time in South Africa. Ooh. Looks like you guys have uh, really lucked out with two weeks starting out in Stellenbosch. Yeah, it's absolutely beautiful. Also, yeah, it's about a, it's a, around about an hour out of Cape Town city itself. It's absolutely stunning. It's sort of, we've got a few wineries quite close by, which I think makes a few of the girls quite happy, especially on a day off. Um, <laughs> I do a little cheeky wine tour, but um, yeah, the, the weather and the climate here, the weather and the climate here really just reminds me of being back at home and I felt really comfortable over here so far. And I mean, even more so comfortable that I guess I'm hanging out with my mate Gracie Harris quite a bit as well. So um, we sort of shout each other dinner every second night. It's like, oh, it's my turn tonight. And but yeah, it's it's such a beautiful place. And just even in the bus rides, all the all the mountains and going up Table Mountain a few days ago yeah. and seeing it here, it's just absolutely incredible. Oh, sounds awesome. Now tell us, JJ, has Grace eaten anything? rogue yet <laughs> i think she said she wanted uh, to eat not like wildebeest or something <laughs> uh, uh, no she, she hasn't got that far yet but okay. um i think she's had the steak she's had the steak pretty much every night here okay. so um i think she's enjoying having quite a bit of red meat but yeah who, who knows it's still early days we're going to venture into stalenbosch for dinner tonight so We'll see what's on the menu for her tonight. Who knows with that girl? She she she's not afraid to try things. Oh, she's a she's a ripper. As long as she gets it out of the way before actual proper game time, then I don't yeah. really care. Just <laughs> as long as she's not ill of any games, let her go. Correct. <laughs> and um, you mentioned the trip up Table Mountain, JJ. Were you in the uh, cable car crew or the the walking crew? <laughs> I was the one of the smart ones. I was definitely in the cable car. Um, <laughs> To be fair, though, I think Grace was close to pushing me out because she was that getting that anxious and that stressed. I turned around really? at one point and her hand was almost on my back and I'm like, don't touch me. <laughs> but because the, the, the bottom of the cable car itself actually rotated, so you got to see Ooh. the whole view so people weren't sort of cramming onto one yeah. side and yeah. whatnot. But, um, yeah, sort of when we were told that the walk up the mountain would have been around about an hour and a half or whatnot, um, I was sort of like, oh, no, I'm not sure about that. And um, Grace with her body, she sort of was already ruled out and a few few of the girls were ruled out. And I was like, well, I'm not going to let let them or let Grace sort of go in the cable car on her own. Um, so I was like, oh, I'll go in there. And then quite a few others sort of dropped out. Um, and I think there were a few, a few regrets from some of the walkers. They sort of pulled up a bit sore. Some were quite sunburnt. Um, <laughs> I mean, Me- Megan Flags were... In typical fashion, best on ground, they almost said it. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A, a world record going up there. and weren't It probably ran. Probably. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, it was, it was so nice going up and down the cable car. And you could still do a fairly decent walk when you were up the top and you got some really good views. How good. How good. Yeah, it looks, it looks bloody unreal. And, JJ, we had, you had your first hit out against India yesterday. Uh, good win for the Aussies. Give us the rundown. It seemed like a bit of a tricky pitch, but you came in and made some crucial runs. Uh, how was it batting alongside Wolfie out there? Yeah, well, to be fair, when the uh, when the batting order got sent out, I was like, oh, great. I get to put the feet up again today. Just have to go out there and um, I was sort of told that I'd bowl a few overs of the day as well. And I was like, okay, great. Like, it's going to be good. I get to watch, yeah, I get to watch our top order, make some runs and enjoy some time in the middle. And yeah, it didn't quite work out that way. I was actually, I really enjoyed having a, a batting opportunity, to be fair. It was yeah. pretty unexpected, but sort of thought, well, if some of the best batters in the world are struggling, then if I can get any run, that'd be great. But yeah, we sort of, it was quite a tricky pitch. It sort of popped a little bit. There was a lot of turn on offer sort of when you slowed the ball up. And I was saying to Ash Gardner when we were out in the, the field, I was like, the pitch even looked like it should have played the way that it did. So it was... Mm. It sort of was a, like a test for your brain to, to try and tell yourself to do something other than what you're normally used to doing on something yeah, okay. that you see. Mm. So, yeah, it was sort of when, when, when Wolf and I were out there, we sort of were thinking about, oh, we'll just try and score whatever runs that we can and try and hold our shape and, and play straight and um, try and utilise the left and right-hand combination with there was a shorter boundary. So, um, yeah, we we pretty much were able to execute that and, that second last over, I think it was, where Wolf just sort of teed off, hit three sixes in a row. And yeah, it was it was really cool to see at the other end that she had a clear plan and bowler just bolted in the exact spot that she wanted it. So yeah, really vital run. So that 130 sort of was probably equivalent to about a 160 on, on that wicket. That's one. And... I think this is your sixth T20 World Cup. Um, do you yeah, still tell me, tell me I'm old, LJ, without telling me I'm old. <laughs> oh, they come around every two years. They're really regular. Yeah, that's still 12 years, mate. That's still 12 years. <laughs> um, do you still remember your first and what that was like? I do still remember my first. Yeah, it was we were in Sri Lanka. I was I was batting 11 for most of it until the the semifinals, and like it sort of it was such a blur. But yeah, I remember just being so in awe of um, what was going on and how an ICC event was sort of run. And I remember that final, particularly the last over, that I was some, for some silly reason, I was moved from short fine leg to cover. And Alex Blackwell, who's a gun cover fielder, was moved to short fine leg and I had to catch, like, hit straight to me and I dropped it. I dropped it absolutely oh, no. sitting. I was like, oh, no. I was like, here we go. I've done a Herschel Gibbs and dropped the World Cup here. And then um, Aaron Osborne bowled a waist high fully and it went for a no, it was a no ball. And, oh, there was just a lot going on. And we somehow, yeah, we managed to win by, like, three or four runs. And, yeah, it was pretty surreal like I, I was I was pretty pumped with that one because it was Jody Field's first World Cup back after 
tearing her hammy off the bone and yeah. sort of doing it twice sort of thing. So being my state captain at that time as well and to share that moment with her, um, that was pretty special. Oh, very good. And JJ, we know you do love your one-day cricket, but tell us what you think is special about T20 World Cups and, and what makes them so hard to win. I think for sure the format sort of brings teams closer together. Um, I think for sometimes sort of one person can have an absolute standout of a day and, and almost take the game away from you. And we've seen that across the board. We've had people like Jamari Adipadu scoring rapid hundreds. We've yeah. seen Harmapri Kaur do the same. And, yeah, so I think, like, it brings – there's world-class players in every team. So all it takes is one or maybe two of those to, to sort of have a, a standout day and your back can be up against the wall. And, and for me, like, I, I love that aspect of it. I love that with the batters always coming at you as a bowler and having to find different ways to try and take wickets or stem the flow of runs. And, yeah, it's always – High pressure, high octane stuff that, yeah, it's sort of, it's not, it's not easy to win. It's not easy to win multiple games in a row. So, yeah, you got to really be on your game every single game. There's no such thing as an easy match. It feels like the women's game just keeps coming along in leaps and bounds. Do you think this tournament will be the, the most hotly contested yet? Um, I think so, to be fair. I think a lot of it will depend on how the conditions play. Um, mm. So I think sort of if it's, if, they're quite on the slower side. It's later in the, the summer over here, later in their season. So the wickets seem a little bit tired at the moment. So I think with it being slower, it'll sort of, it, a few of us have sort of said already, it, it'll remind us a bit of the West Indies World Cup in 2018 yeah. that the wickets were on the slower side. So you might not see some really high scoring games, but um, yeah, there'll be a lot of close matches, I think, from that point of view. and. Um, yeah, it'll bring a lot of the, the teams quite close together. There'll be no mm. flat track bullies, no, nothing like that. So I think, um, yeah, it'll take a lot of versatility. I think the teams with the most versatility um, yeah. will probably um, come out on top. Yeah, okay, interesting. Yeah, and, like, I guess on a similar note, as you were saying, like there's such small margins in T20. Like what's kind of been the messages from Shell and Meg that, like, what, what's going to be the focus for you guys and what do you think you really need to nail to go deep into this tournament? Well, we've focused a lot on our fielding and um, our athleticism as a group as well. So um, trying to save run, as many runs as we can in the field and try and, when, we've, when we're batting, try and, steal as many twos as possible. Um, We know we can score boundaries when needed. We know we can take the professional singles, but um, statistically T20 matches are are won by less less than eight runs. So we sort of think that if we can steal a couple in the field by dive stops or chase downs or whatnot, as well as pick up a few extra sort of when we're batting and running between wickets, then we've got those extra runs are sort of in our ledger. So trying to do that and then trying to make sure that we, as a bowling group as well, we feel like we've mm. got most most aspects covered that we just try and bowl to our strengths and utilise the conditions that um, back slow balls, back bounces, and just trust your, trust your plan A is good enough and then having something else up your sleeve. So we're not trying to reinvent the wheel, but um, those small things that we feel like we can gain an advantage on, particularly in the field and running out too. Yeah, nice. And for you personally, JJ, like what are, what are you focusing on in that? How have you found the conditions 
the spin so far and yeah what are you kind of mentality going in with i'm going in there to compete and to win yeah i'm always up for the fight always want the yeah. ball in my hand so far the wickets yeah they've been they've taken a little bit of turn which i mean grace rips me a bit whenever i turn one she seems shocked so um, oh, i sort of get back into her a little bit yeah. i was like well fine just keep touching down the wicket mate and i'll get your wicket every time <laughs> yeah but, you will <laughs> uh, but no it's sort of it's all friendly banter but yeah i i found it quite nice sort of having to to try and have some subtle changes of pace and not sort of letting batters settle. I've really enjoyed it so far. Yeah, I sort of can't wait for those first games to come around and I don't envy the selectors. I don't envy mm. Meg and, and Shell trying to, to pick our final 11 for every game. We've got some genuine match winners and I just hope that I'm one of them that's in it and we get to hold that trophy at the end of the month. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And how have this net sessions been? Has everyone like sort of come out like ready and raring to go just with like heaps of energy and anyone sort of standing out who's looking particularly destructive? Yeah, the, the net sessions have been great. There's been... The bowlers have challenged the batters and vice versa. I mean, you can't go past the way that Grace and Annabelle Sutherland are hitting it at the moment. They sort of come in while others are sort of struggling at different times. She sort of, they just come in and just absolutely seem to pogo it from ball one. Um, and that's, just, it's so exciting to see that. I think like seeing that they're hitting our bowlers and some of the best bowlers in the world for runs like that, I just can't wait to see what they're capable of and what they can do during this tournament. Oh, yeah, it's going to be so exciting. Um, And I guess on a little bit of a separate note, JJ, we've got the uh, Women's Premier League auction around the corner. How are you like, how are you feeling about it? And yeah, what do you kind of think about the current state of the women's game? It seems like it's kind of a juncture and, yeah, what do you think about the direction it's maybe about to head in? Yeah, it's super exciting, to be fair. Obviously, yeah, it's going to be a, a massive thing for anybody who's going to be a part of it. Like, it'd be silly for, for anyone not to have entered that auction. The timing of the auction's not, not ideal in the sense that it's sort of at the start of a, a World Cup and, yeah, it could create for a few awkward sort of moments across teams, within teams, but we've addressed it as a group and we sort of know that our our main focus and our main driver is winning this World Cup. That obviously, yeah, being part of that WPL will be an added bonus for, for a lot of people and I'm sort of... I sort of see it as a, it's a huge step, like, and I'd love to be a part of it, but equally I know it's quite challenging after seeing with the men's game as well yeah. that some of the quality of players that miss out in the men's edition and you sort of think, well, how's that happened? For me as a spinner, personally, I sort of think it'll be quite challenging because India do have a lot of talented spinners anyway. Um, and there are a lot of talented spinners sort of worldwide too. But I mean, I'm I'm hopeful as anybody would be. At the same time, I'm not going to let that dictate sort of what my worth or my value is to to the game and, and to our Australian team as well. So, yeah, it'd be, definitely be an added bonus and something that I think everybody's relishing and wanting to, to have the opportunity to be a part of. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's a, it's a good approach. And, what it, like, is it kind of crazy to think that within, like, two years, like, you kind of feel like the game could be completely different like there could be different kind of leagues cropping up around the world and like your lives could just be looking pretty different to what they are now yeah definitely I think um to be honest it's about time the there's a WPL um it probably realistically would have loved for it to happen a couple of years ago in saying that it's sort of the old better late than never type mentality that yeah it's it's going to change the game globally I like the idea that 
associate nations have to be contracted and have to be out in the field as well. Yeah. I know Cricket Australia trialed something like that during the early editions of the WBBL, which I think it didn't quite work out the way that they, they sort of planned. I think it was it was a great idea to have some members of an associate nation attached to one of the franchises for a, a certain period of time. But I think the idea of making them have to be out on the field and, and whatnot adds that extra element to it. And I mean, you can, you can train and be a part of setups as much as you want, but best way that you improve and, mm. and gain better understanding and knowledge is by actually playing and being out in the field and being exposed to those conditions and those situations and scenarios. So I really love that aspect of it. Yeah. And I really hope that other sort of franchises or other competitions mm. around the world follow suit because yeah. that's the only way that our game is going to continue to grow globally is by having the associate nations included in those things. Yeah. You, yeah. you don't want the better nations or the better teams to continue getting better whilst yeah. the others are sort of struggling to try and keep up. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Really well said, JJ. And finally, a pretty stupid question that you might've seen to finish off. Um, we asked a couple of the girls before we, uh, before you left to South Africa, what their African spirit animal is. So going to ask you now, what do you, if like you could be an African animal, what do you think you would be? I would, Probably be an elephant. Elephant, okay. Why? Yeah, just sort of mosey on around, sort of a bit underrated, I think. People sort of lean on you if if they need something. They're known to have quite good and long memories. Mm, Um, They're smart. Elephants are smart. Yeah, correct. So I think I'm known to be, well, I've been told that I'm a bit of a nerd, so um, (laughs) I'd probably have to be the elephant. Good thing. Love it. Elephant, JJ, love it. That's perfect. Jess, always a pleasure to chat to you. Thank you so much for making the time. Uh, we can't wait to watch you and the girls uh, go out against New Zealand on uh, Sunday Sunday night, out, Sunday morning our time. Uh, yeah, wishing you all the best for the first game and the whole tournament. Can't wait to watch. Thanks, JJ. Gotcha. He leaves away. Australia away. Sit back and enjoy the stroke play of Meg Lanning. This is excellent batting by Ash Gardner. Jonathan strikes again. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 